Welcome to another episode of Rage Gear Studio, the podcast. So, a few episodes ago, we focused on one of my favorite movies, which led into like my favorite director, Tarsim Singh. This time, we're gonna focus on on Eric. I'm so <laughs> nervous because. I don't it's know. Been, it's what been a while. Explain. I mean, it's been a while since people have heard from Eric Thonius. Yes, we talked to other people, but <laughs> time to bring, time to slither back to you. Oh, <laughs> all right, I'm ready. So oh, hold on, let me let me let me drink some water. <laughs> so, the love of your life, <laughs> the absolute like end all. Yeah, what started you on this road? What's led you through life? Oh my god. Is this Disney movie called Aladdin? Oh my god. <laughs> Where do I even begin? <laughs> so, do you know how old Aladdin is? The character or the movie? So, the character so the story of Aladdin's wonderful lamp was written in 1710. Oh, look, see the history of it. I I didn't know. And so, it's based on these Alibaba tales, right? A hundred and one one thousand and one nights. So it's, it's, it's just a little story in there. Yeah. And which you know Disney adapted into this movie, as they do with like fairy tales and you know tales whatever. Three hundred and twelve years. Oh my gosh! Wow. I mean, they got inspiration from all kinds of places. I, yes, that yes. started there, but like for the characters of Jafar and Abu, that's from a movie called Thieves of Baghdad. Okay. From nineteen forty. Yeah. Where the character Jafar was a vizier and a sorcerer. But Abu was actually the guy who helps the lead. So he wasn't like this... Monkey character. Monkey character. I mean, he still sidekick, does But kind of like the sidekick. But he wasn't a monkey. Right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Abu means elephant. Oh, interesting. So... Yes. There's that scene where... Where he turns into an elephant. He, yeah. He, the he genie gets makes turned him... into an elephant. Right. Fun I mean, fact. Oh my gosh, Ray. You're like... She, learning me things but you know everything so no i mean all right i was eight years old when this movie came out and it was such a catalyst for me because at eight years old all the other disney movies that were coming out were about disney princesses and all the classic ones you know this was the first time it had like a male protagonist there was some action there was like magic there was there was a lot of firsts yeah there was a lot of firsts in this movie one being Robin Williams and the genie. Yeah. That whole situation. This is the first time a character was designed around a person. Also, like, a famous voice actor. Because before, it was just people kind of off of Broadway. But was he a voice so. actor? He, I mean, he was... Uh, an, an actor. actor. He's uh, a sorry. stand-up comedian. Yes. They, Not they a voice even, actor. Yeah, an actor. A well-known actor at that. They took some of his gig. They took some of what he did on, on his stand-up and brought it into the character. Everything the genie does, it's all built around Robin Williams. That was never, that hasn't ever been the case even since with any character mm. in Disney where it's created for an individual. Like, this is, it's, I mean, and it worked out phenomenally. Because, yes. like, nobody else can do the genie. No, I mean, they Robin had other Williams options. They had other options, but it's like, that was, of, they, yeah. they couldn't have done better. Like, right. it was perfect. But it, it wasn't so easy for them. Like, he had problems with Disney over that. Well, there was a... From from what I remember, and 
I don't know if you guys can quote me, but there was an arrangement. Robin Williams took a pay cut to be featured as the voice. So I think the genie couldn't be featured more than some type of percentage. Whether About he's, 25% of any image for the movie. Promotion, posters. But he didn't even want to be... He didn't want his voice used in any promotion material. He didn't or want any ro- like for the toys and he was like doing this almost pro bono. He only took like the basic like whatever the the guild the screen act. This he went for the most basic cost. It was all like he was doing this out of the kindness of his heart. He Basically. didn't want Disney to like market it and make a shitload of money from it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up. And then Disney Disney it- totally ignored everything and he was like he cut him off like this is this is this is it no like, it was it was a big yeah it, it, it got ugly and then there was little eric buying all he could snatch <laughs> <laughs> crying to mama buy me this toy buy me this bed set buy me you guys no. my, my aladdin shrine was no joke Just t- <laughs> tell me about your aladdin shrine oh so there was all these action figures that came out a box set the cave of wonders um playset that would open up it had like the the idol with the jewel that you can like i remember this <laughs> you could press down on it and it would cause the ceiling to collapse with like these boulders that it came with <laughs> oh, wow yeah <laughs> i mean how, i think how, that was what was that how big were the boulders they were like little rocks i mean the the cube of wonders was like to the size of whatever the action figure was okay. you know so it wasn't like super humongous but yeah they were like little plastic pebbles rocks whatever um i also bought a lot of at the time it, i would go to the bookstores and they had these flip books and they had this uh aladdin flip book of like the genie in his little suit when he's walking down the stairs and his number okay. for the musical number yeah friend like me and um and i think the other you flipped it over and you could flip it and it was like aladdin rubbing the lamp i believe was the other side um and i I would buy all these books too like adaptations or picture books like the golden hardcover picture books of like the aladdin story you went i mean this you went all out all this all happened like within the year the movie came out (laughs) yeah so (laughs) and i I was i did become obsessed and it, it honestly is what got me to draw and and look at art classes and my parents were like oh i guess he's really into this and i would just spend hours trying to copy you know all the different characters and draw that and um i try to get all the behind the scenes books and stuff that i could find at the time yeah. and he like robin williams just wasn't signed on for all that stuff no he i guess i don't know what his mentality behind it was maybe it was just a and this is for the kids mm-hmm. this isn't for you to make this money but that's not how companies work but anyway he did he did reprise the role eventually after the people in charge after he was let go and there was somebody else in charge now and they they yeah, decided they got more agreeable terms like he was finally they, a public apology like he made them work to get him back oh yeah and they gave him a i think a picasso or something yes right as a gift or a sorry yeah so they after aladdin they made return of jafar and i don't know in between this time they also had the aladdin the series well, the thing is, return of jafar was the first direct to tv or to, to home yes to release. home video right which i mean again of a course lot of i firsts. bought it <laughs> of course i made my parents buy that which it the genie was voiced by um the actor the voice actor that 
voices Homer. Um, yeah. Dan Castellan. I don't... Yeah, anyway, Homer's voice does the genie's voice in that one. And, um, again, the quality of the animation wasn't going to be, you know, like... The movie. The, the blockbuster movie. This is like a TV made-for-home movie, and it was all right. I mean, again, a lot of firsts. Right. And then the third movie comes out, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh, when are... I thought Aladdin and Jasmine were already married, but the third movie focuses on that. And, and, and the return of Aladdin's father, Ho... We thought was dead. He was an orphan whole time, but yeah, you know they made that happen. And that in that movie, Robin Williams comes back. Yes. Yeah. But it was not so before that. Mm-hmm. There was a Snow White and Cinderella and Little Mermaid and all these, and the people cast for these roles were all professional, magnificent si- singers. <laughs> like it was people who had the chops. They they had the acting voice. They had the singing. None of the actors in Aladdin could sing. Not the voice of Aladdin, not the voice of Jasmine, not the voice of the genie. Like, there was the, this was the first movie where they had to cast singing voices. Yeah. And then that was a trend after because it, yeah, I think... Yeah, because then the celebrities would bring in the sales. Right. Like, they, they can bring in a celebrity to do this voice and pull that in. Like, if they bring in The Rock from, from Moana or whoever, whoever these big name people are. Do you know, was he singing? Who? The Rock? Dwayne Johnson? Of course The Rock can sing. Oh, okay. I mean, he was rapping. Waka tika waka, you're welcome. (laughs) Like, come on. (laughs) And like you said before, like when they were making this movie, they wanted something that wasn't about a Disney princess. They wanted something that would focus on the princes because all the princes before Aladdin were like cookie cutter, standard... You know, the romance was assumed. Like, oh, he kissed her, she woke up, they got married, and lived happily ever after. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, he's the prince. He's there. He's there for you to marry him. That's the job. That's how it goes. But this is the first time they wanted to show the progression of a relationship, mm. where Jasmine and Aladdin weren't immediately in love and together. Like that wasn't. He kind of had to win her over. Like right. That was. And he, I mean, he lied. Yes. And did you know a lot that every time he lied, the purple feather in his little <laughs> turban turban would like co- cover his face? Yeah. Uh-huh. Good. I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, they wanted to see how like the princess fell in love. It wasn't just the right like I just woke up like where's the ring? Yeah. Like right. it just wasn't right. And the fact that he wasn't a prince technically i guess when they first met but she was attracted to that and you know just being out of the royal palace or you know any of these suitors that were coming to try to win her over they were catching up to like appealing to people yeah became a little a little less fantastical they were dealing with somebody who was wasn't rich right yeah but uh and then the art i mean Al Hirschfield. Oh yeah. It was his his style, his line. Like it was none another first because like what other movie before that was inspired by a specific artist's use of lines? It, this was the first time they used a artist's um, interpret. No, what was I saying? It's the first time they used an artist's style, style yeah. of drawing to create an animation, a whole series. Right. And Hirschfeld was renowned like Hirschfeld did 
all the celebrity art and caricatures he, and he managed to convey identity of a person with just swirls like things that weren't solid lines but you knew that this was a stance you knew that that was a pose you knew ex- the, the gestures and everything was done s- with strokes the genie was just a big s yeah like it was all about his line work and he was alive to see that and that was pretty amazing oh, i didn't know that but i would walk around the times building and they had some original out artwork up yeah and that was cool. You, it's, you could see it today. You can see how he influences people today. I see it a lot in Glenn Hansen. Mm, you're right. There were yeah. all these like strokes that just define posturing, and it's just like it's it's all. In, They're in almost lines. like the gesture lines of yeah. how we start figure drawing. Yeah. No, That's it's great. again like full of firsts. Like I was. They wanted it was groundbreaking for for its time. Mm. Did Did you know, mm. Eric? Another little little fact. Yeah. Yago is the only Disney bird with teeth. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, well, think, of, think how many Disney I birds mean, can you think of? <coughs> the Donald Duck. Yeah. The Three Amigos. <laughs> There's also the crow um, for Maleficent. He ain't have no teeth. No. Did it? Yago was the only bird in Disney to have teeth. <laughs> because uh-huh. because of the voice actor. Because there's no way they can do the voice of Gilbert Gottfried without the With big the teeth. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's based on caricature, right? Yeah. They kind of use the actors to inspire the, the character. look of the yeah, people, of, right? Or the or the bird. Bird. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I didn't know if that. You just yeah. If you do, you look through all the Disney birds, and you're like, there are no teeth. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, like even recently with the Ducktales. Like today, Do have teeth. I, I I'd have to think, go back and watch it, but yeah, still doesn't take away from Iago being the first, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's I didn't even think of that. Like, who? yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> did you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that Jafar has massive shoulder pads only because. Of Viago, like because they wanted to give him room to move. Oh, I didn't know that either. So the so design a, of yeah, the, the design of Jafar's outfit. <laughs> so so that Yago could perform. Could walk <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a stage. It was a stage for Yago. For Yago. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so enlightening. I'm like blushing, you guys. Tell me more, Ray. <laughs> I, I, I these were things I thought you were gonna be like. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, I, I knew that one. <laughs> The thing about me doing the IMDb trivia stuff is, like, later in life, I guess, you know, I was eight years old when this came out. But, no, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of, that's what I got. No, that's, that, that was great. Those are, I was what did he possibly not know? So, I uh, saw the MDB, IMDb, and I'm like, this uh, is the stuff he devours. <laughs> Let me see what else we can dig up that had nothing to do with IMDb. Yeah, for the most part, I didn't know most of those. So that was so. So what drew you to the Aladdin? Like, was it the visual? Was it just the fact that it was a cartoon? I mean, at eight years old, what what were you watching at eight years old? Do you remember what? Whatever my mom cartoon, told me to, I could. Whatever, what she let me watch. TV, I guess, or. Honestly, I think it was the fact that it was an, also an animated movie, and I m- realized that each frame was hand-drawn by someone or a team were drawing this entire 
movie, and that blew my mind at eight years old. I was just like, wow. But also, I could relate to the character. I, I know I went to like a one of the better schools in PG County where I grew up, and you know I wasn't not to say that I was like more on the poorer side, but I could relate to not being able to fit in and have like you know all name brand clothes or this and that and I could kind of relate to Aladdin feeling like an outcast and not accepted and going through that so Do you think that you appreciate it differently as an adult like cause every like knowing what you know now yeah I think it, it does hit harder and also <laughs> the older I'm getting the more nostalgia like hits me and now there's been so many different um you know, they, they made the Broadway Aladdin show and also the live-action Disney remake, whatever. And now there's all these versions that I'm like, I, I don't know. They, they still have yet to release the series on Disney+. Plus. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, they haven't really spoken on that. But that was something I would run home to go see uh, catch on TV. It was like the Aladdin, the series... Were there, um, you, would, would you say that there are things that you noticed now that you didn't before? Like, what was, were there ever moments that you're just like, you didn't get it as a kid? Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, it's been said that a lot of the, some, some things in the movie are problematic now that they wouldn't do. First, the fact that Jasmine was 16 and Jafar was trying to marry her was kind of a big thing. And then um, kind of making her his slave like chaining her up and it was a little problematic also there was a scene when aladdin is singing one jump there's a scene where he kind of enters a brothel or like a (laughs) all these women are there and they kind of yeah that was another questionable scene but you know all these disney is that like after fact hunting or did you just notice it watching you're like wait a minute is that what i think it is um i think i saw something like a uh I saw a BuzzFeed thing of, like, things you didn't think about from, like, Disney movies that were kind of, like... And I think that was one of the items. She had Aladdin crash into, like, a brothel or something like that. I was just like, oh, yeah, actually. But in the in the live-action movie, they made it a scene where he crashes into, like, a, a, a classroom. They kind of changed that scene. Uh, that's a big difference between a, you know, a yeah. brothel and a classroom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of life learning to be done at a brothel. But it's a different kind of learning. That's a whole other kind of school. I mean, of course, the eight-year-old me wouldn't have noticed. What? I think some comedy is there for the adults. Yes. In everything. Right. They have to make it entertaining for the parents. There was a lot of the genie um, expressions or sayings he was saying, or even like the actors he would... Um, Imitate. Yeah, that I had no idea and until later. And I, look, I would look them up or I realized, oh, that's who he was imitating. And that was cool so robin williams is no and they they said he had so much um he was uh so much ad-lib yes they had hours and hours of tape just him ad-libbing a lot of these lines are just going on it's built around him that's like i don't think anyone else has had that honor to to the degree that robin williams did because it's like this was created he's the bones of this character he's everything yeah and it's usually you know other way around like somebody has to learn this role and be this character right how did you feel about the movie live action the live action um 
It was okay. I, I feel like... It was not necessary for them to... I mean, I think with all these live actions, they kind of don't bring a new take on the original. Um, I will say that I did feel that it was more a Jasmine movie than an Aladdin movie. She kind of overshadows Aladdin. Um, but I thought it was okay. I was happy that they tried to cast... I mean, that they did cast actors that were from... Middle East or Middle Eastern Change the lyrics to the songs. Yes, they did that too. <laughs> I still have the tape, the cassette tape for um, the soundtrack where the original word in Arabian Nights was something like where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face and that was <laughs> changed to something else <laughs> later on. But, oh yeah, that was another thing that I guess that they changed. It was a lot of firsts. It had a big impact. It's still growing and changing, apparently. Oh, absolutely. Even and now, when you watch it on Disney+, Plus, I was gonna say there's they, a disclaimer. Yeah. I, I saw that, and I was like, wow. <laughs> like, this movie doesn't reflect the views of the company currently, or something. It says something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Different world. Guess because it's, like, racist? A lot of... A bit, based on a stereotypes? Bit. A little bit. You know? <laughs> Well, thank you for making the time. All right. I'm glad I was able you. to learn you something. You did. I'm like really <laughs> impressed and I'm grateful for that. So thank you for doing all that research. <laughs> and if you guys haven't watched Aladdin, you guys should go see it. <laughs> it's the best movie ever. <laughs> all right. No, but really. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But it's okay. Right. right. My eight-year-old <laughs> self is like, yes. All right, guys. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see what else we got coming. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And we're back. We made it to the comics part of this. It was a big week for comics, even though it was just one release this week. One book, a whole lot of subject. A whole... A lot so of much. content, a lot of a lot of stuff happened um, this week. Immortal X Men number one released, and oh boy, it was so much. Just when you think they couldn't do any more with Moira, here we go, uh, here we go again. <laughs> but it's not even Moira. This is like all Sinister. So I know. in this issue, Sinister takes the reins. He's the narrator of this issue, and it, wow, <laughs> it's it's the character. It's yeah. a character. It's yeah. the, it's the pizzazz. It's the it's the melody he puts to every every sentence. Like he's he's such. He cracks me up. <laughs> Kieran Gillen writes him incredibly well, but so did Zeb Wells. But Kieran Gillen is really uh, he's just he's just got it for me. He's got he's de- definitely has Sinister's voice, and Lucas Warneck does great with the art portraying the characters and mm-hmm. their emotions because it's basically a, lot, a book of a lot of, of talking. It's a lot of conversation in it. But, again, the, he pulls off that sass. He pulls off the attitude. and the, It's it's a fantastic book. They did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And it starts in... Paris. Na- Paris, 1919. It's the setting, yeah. And Sinister's sitting on a bench. Irene walks up to him. And he's like... She, well, first she tells him to shut up because he's whistling obnoxiously. <laughs> and... Then, <laughs> And she sits next to him and he's like, he gets on her case because she had a, an episode, a, a spasm, a seizure, 
when she was listening to Nimrod by Edgar Elgar, mm-hmm. Edward Elgar, and he's kind of like poking at her about it, and she just all she says to him is like, "There's a war coming," and then whispers in his ear, and then he's the one that has an episode or fit, collapses to the floor, starts like soot starts coming out of his eyeballs in his mouth, and all he can say is, "You're a ghost. You're a ghost." I don't, who knows what that's who knows what she said to him who right. knows what she whispered in his ear but she won't even repeat it to mystique she's like you trust me girl she's like i trust you girl she's like and you don't need to know she's like all right girl you got this like yeah. i will that relationship is pretty intense mm-hmm. extreme devotion and then we jump to the present where we see sinister in his lab with some funky mutations he's on you know that was a bar sinister he's got like Sinister cat, sinister turtle, like everybody, everything's got a little diamond on his head. But the cat has like Cyclops visors on. Yeah, it's a naked cat, which is my favorite. It's just for you. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> sinister is like your spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. He's yeah, so- he is. <laughs> but here he's going on about his lab. He's got his lab. There's a bunch of information, all these logs that he's looking at, and he's up to. It's like he's getting information from these folders. These folders, and he says something about the number twenty six. Like he's this is the twenty sixth load of information he's received. I mean that that leads into the the end of the book, right? It kind of wraps up. Makes sense later. I had to read this twice (laughs) because then it made sense, but. The next scene is we, we're back at the council, the quiet council, and Magneto announces to everyone that he's, he's retiring reti- to Rocco. Yeah. It's gonna- it's like, is it a real retirement or is it like a share retirement? Like there's people who is like, this is my last show, <laughs> and then come back 10 years later. His residency will now take to Rocco. <laughs> Maybe he'll influence the council there with Storm. Oh, no. No? And although the council on on Araki missing it, some spots. They're right? all um they're Araki's? Not just that, but they're all Omega. Oh, Omega level mutants. Okay. So he would fit in. Yeah. But again, this is narrated by Sinister. So all the reactions is- and to our knowledge, he knew what was gonna happen. Um Sinister somehow knows he has a rundown of every character. He knows exactly what they're going to do. How and they're going to react. But not just that, but he's also like sitting there reading everybody. Yeah. He, calls, oh. <laughs> he calls Colossus a potato farmer. Yeah. And doesn't know why, why Nightcrawler is even there. Like, he's just going on. <laughs> and I mean, and then, of course, it's, it's the reaction of everybody on the council. And then it's Sinister himself with his acting. <laughs> he's, so he knew this was happening in advance. So he just, even when he was in his lab previously, he kept telling himself, you have oh, to remember to act surprised. Right. Act surprised. Oh, because he, he read like, oh, I guess those logs is what's telling him what day it is or what's going to happen today. And he's like, oh, today's that day. <laughs> like, it's a red letter day. Right. Yeah. And so he's prepared. Course, he, knows he, what he's all, he knows what's going to happen in advance and he's prepared. And he screams, what? <laughs> he's like, too much. <laughs> He's supposed to act surprised, not right. <laughs> not be super extra. <laughs> then there's this whole thing between Magneto and Emma, where Emma announces, Emma's, "Well, Emma's just well, not having it." No, she's 
She's written off Xavier, Magneto. They're like on her shit list. She's like, I don't give a fuck about y'all or what y'all say. No she trust. Has- she has no trust with them. So basically, I'm just saying, all right, Magneto, since you quit, then you have no no more votes. You're off the council. That's it. <laughs> Get out of here. Don't let the door hit you <laughs> on the way out. She's just she's done. Like, and I can't blame her for any of it. Like, it's really good characterization here. Like, she's she's had it. He's like, well, I'm gonna go to Rocco when they stab you in the front, not the back. <laughs> she's like bitch please get the fuck out get over yourself and leave yeah enough of the pity party like like, nobody's spoken to Magneto like that before like this is a whole whole nother dynamic as soon as they reveal that Moira situation the whole council just kind of treats them with a different regard like there's no they've lost some respect yeah yeah and the next we have like a infomercial infomercial one of those pages it's like sinister. Everyone's it, sinister's crossed out. It says everyone's secrets. Things but, that we all know already. Yeah, and who knows it? Like, is it public knowledge to like even the humans, or is it just known to, to the council, or is it just known to only sinister knows? The only thing I thought was interesting was that he knows about Abigail and that she's like working with Orcus, but who knows? Is she supposed he knows to be a Abigail's spy? Abigail's working with Orcus. He yeah. knows Colossus is. is oh yeah. Wow. hacked by <laughs> by the Russians. He's, He's being, compromised. Right. Yeah. And he's just letting it happen. Sitting back sitting sitting back and seeing where it goes. <laughs> letting stuff play out. So they go to like nominees. They're <laughs> like who's who are possible members to be brought into the council. And it's take the seat Magneto just left. Yeah. Warren Worthington, Angel, Monet Saint Croix, Gorgon. Vulcan, Abigail Brand, Beast, and nobody's feeling any of these people. Like, first but of all, they did Emma, say that they've been dating. I thought that was surprising. Emma, Abigail, and Beast. M seems to only be there because she doesn't want Angel to get it. She's like, if you're gonna take this guy, don't because I'm better than him. Like some people, <laughs> the, just uh, the whole dynamic competition between the two of them, and carrying over from Vulcan's like just partying. He's he's on fire for some reason, and he's just partying. But yeah, Abigail, Brandon, Beast have a past. Okay. Where they're romantically linked, involved. Yeah. But they're not feeling any of these candidates. So Exodus takes it upon himself to approach Hope Summers. Because, you know, he's got a thing with Messiahs. He always has, like, this is this is the role of this person. He's always been very... Uh, culty. Cult, yes, thank you. He's always <laughs> part of the acolytes who followed Magneto back in yeah. the day, and so she was Hope. He, Hope was like the mutant messiah. Right. She was the first mutant born when there weren't. Were after the Scarlet Witch did it away, eradicated them. them, most of them. Yeah, yeah. So she's even the storyline she was introducing is called the Messiah Complex. Yeah, so it's. So that's, he still refers to her as the Messiah. And she's like telling him, oh, you stop. stop you guys, stop it. Call me hope. No. <laughs> Messiah. God. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, are we the voices of Sinister? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little, a little 
backstory with that, and then we cut in with um, Celine entering the stage and saying how she's setting her case. How do you say it? She's like, presenting her case. She's presenting her case. How, you know, Apocalypse is, yes, Destiny took his place, but... She didn't replace him. Right, she took his because... Seat. You know, there, there's no magic user, and, you know, even with all the events that happened with Scarlet Witch, like, there needs to be a magic user on, in the council. And Celine makes good points. I mean, Celine is very qualified, except for the fact that she's fucking crazy. Like, she's... <laughs> she, she's no. violent. She's evil. Like, Celine is not a good person. Right. At least Apocalypse... Apocalypse was kind of redeemed before the council thing happened. Yeah. Where the whole purpose of him doing what he did and survival of the fittest and all whatever his his objective was, it was all rationalized. Like it all it was all just to be able to bring Arako and Arako and Krakoa like, together again and fuse the island and make things whole and bring his family back. Like they, there was a reason ultimately you felt like, okay, Apocalypse ah, he's not so bad. Right, and then his love affair with Richter, like he, <laughs> and magic, and this whole yeah, yeah, coven thing. It it put a different aspect to the on the character, and but Celine's not been redeemed at all. There's nothing. Celine but is. Didn't an, you feel for her because she's like all my friends were used for like this magic gate that Apocalypse. That's, that's only after Hope pissed her off by showing up. Oh, okay. She didn't say that part yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> but she makes a lot of valid points. I mean, No, she does. They do need somebody who's well-versed with she, magic. She's just as old as Apocalypse, if right. not older. They're part of the... She's an external. She's, she's the only remaining external? I, possibly. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, what? what? How many were left from that? Because Apocalypse right. kind of ticked everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Condra is in yeah. a in a gem. Maybe is she? I don't know if she's. I don't. Know. What thing was Saturnine? I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> but she would be a really considering what they're doing, and they're like giving all these villains a second chance. And also, like Sinister's on this council. She's like she's just as good as having Sinister around. Like, but can you have two Sinisters? Because Celine's up there with the. With the attitude and the demented reality, like she doesn't Twisted. care about anyone. It's right. Just, it's just it's all her and where she wants to get to next. But wouldn't you want to have that type of person as your on your side rather than not? That person can never be on anyone's side but their own. <laughs> I mean, but you would know what she was doing if she was in the council. You so, know, so she wouldn't she, be doing. So she would be predictable. So it's safe. <laughs> Maybe not safe, but at least she would be held accountable for her actions because she's part of the council, you know, something like that. I would totally be down with Celine being in there. Yeah, well, as it, as it happens, so yeah, she's giving her spiel, and then Hope interrupts. It's like, hell nah, y'all sit down. It's me. It's gotta be me. <laughs> I'm the one that needs to take this role. I speak for the five. We the are five like- are extremely important. Everybody loves us. Yeah. We're worshipped. <laughs> We're so popular. We're celebrities. You don't even know. <laughs> and if you don't take me, everybody's going to hate you. You're going to be like on, in every burn book. 
and <laughs> you're gonna be count canceled <laughs> basically telling them <laughs> so it's not an ultimatum but you don't have a choice she, like she it's, made it, it thick like a threat <laughs> all right hope all right baby hope <laughs> so that's when selena's like oh is that how this little bitch gonna play yeah well you know that gate that was made with the bones of my people right that were all sacrificed you know it'd be a shame if that gate just walked away right <laughs> yeah yeah that apocalypse worked so hard for <laughs> and then she leaves and she does leave them concerned like nightcrawler's like oh man like what now and right. sinister's like ah she's bluffing whatever because again sinister knows everything yeah <laughs> So they go up for the vote for Hope to be to take Magneto's seat and um <laughs> going around the circle and already you know, Sinister knows what everybody's gonna do already. He thinks. He, so he thinks. <laughs> so he's going down the list and he's like, you know, saying yep or nope, yep, nope, and you know, they're his so, what he's thinking is exactly what they're saying. Then it comes to destiny. <laughs> and what happened? And then he's like, yes, that she's going to say yes. And she says, no, he's like, oh, crap. And then because he, he already cast his vote. Right. Yes. Yeah, he should have waited to be the last one. Yeah. But I don't know if they have an order. Maybe, I guess. Depending maybe. on their season. So then he's freaking out. Sister's like, oh, crap. They're getting more nose for hope. And it looks like she wasn't going to be in the council. But. He's so focused that she needs to be on the council. So I wonder what he's playing at. I don't know. So he changed his vote. He's like, he saw where... Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Professor X, wait, 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 wait. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. (laughs) He's like, I I voted no, but I mean yes. (laughs) She's young. (laughs) She's... Give her a chance. Give her a chance. She's young blood. You know. know. (laughs) It's just a bullshit answer like that. (laughs) So, at the end of the vote, there's five no's and six yeses, and Hope, Hope is now is part of the council. But now they have to break it to Celine. <laughs> so, <laughs> Professor X has that tax. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hey, Celine, chilling on a cliff, you know. <laughs> Looking at our sunset. <laughs> we, we had to give it to Hope, but, like, you we, know, we, we can we, still be friends. You know, we can, we can hang out. We can do, we could do apps, have some sashim. <laughs> make some magic <laughs> we need you for the magic actually yeah professor x basically telling her she made some valid points and there needs to be some magic Leia so they want her around but she's not on the council right and she's like they oh that's out. nice <laughs> bitch and he's not, he's, <laughs> and she, he's not, she's not even replying no she's she too didn't... busy he doesn't even know what she's doing she's too busy casting a spell mm. <laughs> And the spell is to give life to this external gate. And she makes it into this massive centipede beast that comes to life. And now the gate, they have to fight the fucking gate. <laughs> yeah. Nightcrawler's like, oh man, did we make the wrong choice? Sinister, you said that she, she was, was going to... bluffing. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Destiny, did you know what was going to happen? So he's, no, he's got to take the blame off of himself. Right. And she's like, that's not how my powers work. You don't even know. <laughs> how do her powers work? 
when, when it's convenient. <laughs> so he's like, fuck, slickety, flickety, flickety, flack, whatever he says, he <laughs> runs off. And he goes back, scurries off to his laboratory while they have to, they have to deal with this fire-breathing, massive centipede. Yeah. That is the gate. Yeah. <laughs> and now we get a peek into his lab. Because now he's running away. Because now, how is he going to resolve this issue? And now we see why. We see what happened. Right. And how he's knowing what, knowing the future or knowing what's going to happen. And it is revealed that he has all these. Moira clones. He has been cloning Moira who knows how long. But he's killed Moira and brought her back 25 times already. So Moira thought she had 10 lives. But now that apparently there's been 35. And he's on 36 and he's about to cancel this one. Because he didn't like how the vote went. <laughs> because he, he, he was made to look a fool. He didn't know what was happening. He was and caught off guard. Celine revived. She animated the gate and made it a big monster. And... Like, his shit just did not work out how he wanted it to, so he's going to have to kill a Moira and start over. I just don't... I don't know exactly how this all works, but, you know, she's such a... She's such a tool at this point, and that's what he's saying. Like, mutants to him are tools. He's got a... He's got a gun that shoots Cyclops eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, like... Oh, I don't view these, you know, all the... all the What is it? Like, the genetic code as, as people. He's like, they're just tools, and her ability to rewrite time itself, like just to reset everything. I mean, he's been storing information for his clones. Like he keep because he keeps getting brought back too. But then he learns, just like Moira, he learns everything. He doesn't retain the information like she does, but it's downloaded. He's got he's got it all written out. He's got a system where he knows what happens in all these lives that she's had, and he's at this point twenty six, and he's about to reset it again. And start the 27th But how life. far will it reset? Because he was talking about, how far do I need to go back? Like, oh crap, oh crap. Should it be a day? Like, I don't know his science. Does I, don't, he... I don't know how he's manipulating Mori's abilities to work. Like, does she only die a little bit? <laughs> if she faints, she goes back in time a day? Like, what's, what's he doing? A couple hours. Like, we I... don't... Who knows? But... Oh my goodness. Multiple Moiras are in these tubes that he has. Some baby Moiras, some grown yeah. Moiras. Right. Wow. What a trip. Good on you, Kieran Gillen. <laughs> yes, you guys. That was a big revelation right there. And you, you've heard that each issue kind of will be a different narrator. so A different member of the council will narrate each issue. And there's, I think there's five? I think it's a limited series, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's so far... It's had a fantastic start. Yes, it's we'll see where it goes next. <laughs> like in terms of sass and attitude, like maybe Emma will be the next narrator. Just I know to that's keep what I was thinking. Keeping it with that same energy, I would love to see Emma's perspective. Because who else? Her... I mean, Colossus. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> what you, like whose counsel? Whose eyes do you want to see this through next? <laughs> Des- definitely Destiny. Destiny's got. Destiny's some... gonna have one. <laughs> She's got. And things. I'm sure Professor X. Because come on. Oh. <laughs> Uh, maybe Dest, maybe Mystique. Yeah, Mystique is another good, good candidate <laughs> for an interesting perspective. Yes, yes. Well, we'll see what next week releases. But till then, see you guys. Bye. Bye.